Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome back to season nine. This is one of our favourite episodes every season, mm. which is our Q and A, our question and answer question 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 and answer episode. So we're very excited for this one. We're always very excited for this one. Indeed, is where I read out questions asked by people like you, and Courtney tells you the truth, and I just say some shit, and then we go right. home. We both attempt to answer all your questions as best as possible. Um, we don't have a lot of preparation for these episodes. If this is one of the first Q&As you're listening to from us, we pretty much look at the questions about five minutes ago <laughs> when we sit down and put them in one document uh, in front of us and we just jump in to answering them. Indeed. You might say we wing it. Well, I don't know if we wing it, but we often find that our best answers tend to be the first ones that come to mind. Thankfully, so, well, thankfully, the questions we get asked are questions about things we usually know. Yes. So it's helpful. Yes. So shall we jump in? Let's. As always, I will read as per tradition. Yes. All right. We have a question from Heather. I followed... Weight Watchers a few years ago, when while counting points, I switched from real sugar to artificial sweeteners because they were worth zero points. I really only use it in my morning tea. Now that I know how bad artificial sweeteners are for me, really? Do you have any tips on sweeteners? I'd love to just go back to using something natural like sugar in moderation, but I'm afraid I've spoiled my taste buds by using the artificial stuff all this time. Go. Courtney, go. <laughs> don't don't you use sweeteners and stuff? No. In baking. <laughs> if I'm making if I'm baking, sometimes I do, but no, I don't have any sugar in my coffee or tea. Nor do I. Um, I don't think you spoil your taste buds over time. I will just say your taste buds will adjust. It may not taste the same initially. I went from in my teens, my late teens, um, around 18 or so, I was having up to three sugars in my coffee. Mm, really? And Yeah, and then... Just over time, I pulled it back, pulled it back, pulled it back until now I can more than happily enjoy a black, just straight black coffee. I literally wow. just finished one. <laughs> so I think you're – I wouldn't worry that your taste buds won't adjust because they always adjust, especially when you start taking sugar out of your everyday foods, Matt. I, I think This is what happened with me. The more sugar and artificial sweeteners that I took out of my – Everyday food, the more processed foods, a lot of processed foods have sugar in them. Mm. So the more of that that I took out of my everyday staple foods, the more my taste buds changed to the point where I didn't necessarily need that sugar and I could really enjoy more bitter tastes. Mm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, so I've only just started drinking coffee in the last, what, eight months? Yeah. Thanks to you. Yeah. Badgering me for 10 years. And I'm yet to have one with any form of sweetener or sugar, so I can't comment on that. Uh, I am a tea drinker. I'm a long-term, long-time tea drinker. I do like my tea. I will profess to much preferring tea over coffee. I can't remember the last time I had any sort of sweetener in my tea either. I tend to just have it straight, like straight green tea or peppermint tea or, you know, the different sorts of fruity flavours that you can get. I would use something like a honey to sweeten my tea if I was going to use that a sweetener. So? Yeah. Tell me more. If I was going to have a tea which I felt like needed a bit of sweetening, more on like if I was going to have, say, like your chai teas, mm. I would I would sweeten it with a bit of honey. Is that so? Mm. Okay. Well, I don't have much else to add just because my experience with sugar and sweeteners in in my sort of hot beverages is limited to the, such a distant past I can't remember ever doing it. I would just say, now that I know how bad artificial sweeteners are for me, are we sure about that? There's uh, there's some research, good research out like in recent years that suggests not as bad as you might think. That's yeah. all I can say about that. I think it was one of those hard ones too where we we're also always saying everything in moderation and everything has a place. So I guess you've also got to think about what else you're doing on your day-to-day well, this, staple foods. This this does go to a very standard approach that we have. And I'll, <laughs> I've, I've said this form of a phrase a gazillion times before, so one more is not going to hurt. If a little bit of sugar or a little bit of artificial sweetener in your tea is the worst thing you eat or drink each week, you're doing great. You are killing it. Yep. Yep. Move on. Yep. Jill asks, why is it harder to lose weight as you get older? You're an old girl, Courtney. I was literally Let's just about go. to say, well, out of the two of us, Matt, you're older. So yeah. why don't you answer this one? So is this is this the podcast where I read out the questions and then I read out the answers? You're <laughs> giving me a look. I love it. But yes, I can answer this question. Now, there are some sort of known things where, you know, as, as we age, the body changes. If, if you've been around on Earth long enough, you'll know that usually every decade feels a little bit different in ways to the previous one, some more so than others, depending on how long we've looked after ourselves or how long we've not looked after ourselves. So there are some some metabolic factors that can play into things. There are... As we age, things to take into consideration, like you know, if you're working with you know, someone in their 60s or 70s that isn't really conditioned to explosive exercise, and you then ask them to do sprint sessions, box jumps, burpees, like you're a fucking idiot. So, you know, you, you take into account, you know, a changing body. However, I will tell you what I believe to be the real reason why it is harder to lose weight as you get older. And it has nothing to do with your body's actual chronological age and everything to do with how long you've had your terrible habits. Where I've noticed, working with people, use the phrase older, since we're talking about the phrase older, 
where they have literal decades of established habits, beliefs, mentalities, self-talk, all those negative habits and whatnot, they are rusted on. I've used the phrase with some clients saying, like for a lot of people, like <laughs> the ink is dry yeah. on the canvas. And that's actually from my experience working with people as they get older, that's the hardest part is unlearning and reprogramming decades and decades of, of bad habits and certain certain ways of thinking, certain perspectives that have clearly proven to be unhelpful. Mm. That is why, in my opinion, why it is that's the, what makes it harder as you get older. Because from a procedural perspective, we're talking about you know structured training, like that's been proven to work. People, have, it's been shown in studies that people can build muscle into their nineties. Mm. Like it's not a case of you're physically incapable of changing as you get older, because that's bullshit. You absolutely are, because I've seen it. But what makes it harder? is reprogramming between the years because of how long you've been stuck in these bad habits for. Mm. And that's where the older someone gets and they achieve like a pretty good transformation. Like, I mean, I respect everyone that gets, you know, that makes improvements and strives towards improvements because, duh. But it's really impressive when someone older, like I would say personally 40s, 50s, especially plus, make some really positive changes on the inside and the outside because the first thing I think of is, man or woman, uh, how how hard was it internally for you to, to move past the way you used to look at things and the way you used to perceive things to to shift your mentality? Mm. That's the hardest part. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. What are your thoughts on that? Am I talking shit here or what? No. 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 I know I'm not. But it makes still. total sense to me. Do you think there's any difference with – like what we've spoken about in this this season in terms of menopause for women. Oh, well, it's a factor. Yeah, you know, as we as we learned listening with with Dr. Katie, mm. it's an absolute factor. But there's always factors. Yeah, the thing is, there are factors for young people as well because there, there can be factors like a disability, injuries, injuries. Yep, pre existing conditions, medical conditions, access to. Gym or, you know, proper exercise equipment? There's always factors. Like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay the the how menopause can really, you know, screw with women. Like I've I've coasted enough of menopausal women to know like just from you know, to be fair, limited male perspective, but but just, you know, talking and asking questions, like that's fucking hard. But if you look at it objectively, it's it's a variable to take into consideration. But it's not I've always been taught that the only thing stopping someone from achieving great success is their attitude. Yeah. Everything else can be worked around. Everything else is a variable. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and minimize, as you, know, you asked Courtney about menopause, like it's obviously a real deal to take into, into account, but it's a variable. Yeah. And it's a variable that you can manipulate and you can work with and you can work around. We spoke about that with our interview yeah. with Dr. Katie, and I've seen this firsthand working with menopausal women. But I'm telling you now, from a, a coaching perspective, programming and working around, say, menopause is nowhere near as hard as working around 
decades of bad habits that a person isn't quite ready to address. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Next one. I think that covers that one. Okay. Ricky asks, what are the facts and myths surrounding body recomposition? I mean, there's about, I don't know, 800,000 I could list. Some people say the body can't be in a deficit, calorie deficit, and build muscle at the same time. I've also heard that working out while losing weight, the main goal is to maintain your current muscle, not build muscle. Would love some elaboration. I'll start with an elaboration before throwing it to you, Courtney. Working out while losing weight, the actual main goal is to build good habits. I'll just start there first. From a from a technical perspective, uh, if you have someone that is that is training for strength, if you are getting stronger, you are stimulating muscle growth mm. straight up. You, you aren't going to be getting stronger if your muscles are getting smaller. You're going to be getting over over time weaker. So with a good training program, you are training to get stronger because training to get stronger promotes the stimulus of of increased metabolic rate, increased muscle growth, etc. Then, of course, what you eat and how you eat determines how that works. So, yes, if you are in a calorie surplus, if you are obsessed about fucking numbers then yes, you will probably build more muscle being in a greater surplus. You will also gain more fat being in a greater surplus. So pick your poison. Mm. If, and this is where calorie awareness is such a helpful thing, but if you're in a, a slight manageable deficit, you're going to be losing weight and getting stronger at the same time. If you want proof, check out the before and after photos of our clients. Yeah. And what you tend to find is that as... As someone, especially the clients we work with and the way that we structure things, Courtney, and you're, you're a living example of this of what you've gone through. As someone is training to get stronger and their habits are improving over time and their body starts to change and their shape starts to change, they both look more muscular and leaner at the same time. Mm. Yes. So we talk about facts and myths around body recomposition. There are so many that it's it's beyond count now what i just read out here this question courtney have you ever heard this before not the way that this has been asked i've never heard anything like i think a lot of people have asked in the past about calorie deficits and Mm. building muscle or losing weight but i've never heard had it specifically asked or heard it asked um working out while Obviously, your main aim is to lose weight, but so you should. Your goal should be to keep your muscle and not build muscle. I've never heard it asked or, or said like that. Very, very fair. For for the sake of your mental health and your confusion levels, is for the best that you haven't. Yeah, because there's this. This, I'll say, Courtney. Courtney has had. It's been very fortunate with what the since you came into this industry and the people you've been around, you've been exposed to a lot of focus, Mm. a lot of clarity, a lot of lack of noise. This is the sort of stuff that's on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is an interesting one. You know what it also reminds me, Matt, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, just because I haven't been fully exposed to this part, because obviously when I met you, I just started to learn 
the way that you d- did your workouts and yeah. I'd learnt the way that you... Well, you learnt what I've been taught and then you yes. taught it yourself. So yeah. this part of it never came in for me, but I'm just thinking... Why might, why might that be? <laughs> why might this have never come up with you when you were a client? I'm just wondering, so correct me if I'm wrong, but this the second part of this question does remind me a little bit, obviously neither of us have competed in terms of any sort of figure, bodybuilding figure competitions. Yeah. But we, we know a lot of people that have. Yes. We're surrounded in the gym industries by a lot of people that do. It reminds me, does this remind me a little bit of when they're sort of in their, what do they call it, their, like their building phase? Depends on the phrase someone <laughs> someone uses. Building, some will say, I'm on a bulk, bro. Bulk phase mm. where they will raise their calories up They'll actually be okay with probably putting on some calorie, uh, some some kgs, because they're trying to raise like muscle definition or mu- the amount of muscle they have quicker. But then they have to try to strip that fat back later on. Yeah, they they do. It's um we have some of the advanced programs that we have that we very rarely get to use on on very advanced clients. One, there's two of the two of the advanced programs we've got. One is called the max muscle program and one is called the max mass mass yeah program Mm -hmm. so the max muscle one is one that tends to get used if any of them get used as that one because given that we are hosts of the weight loss podcast it is a rare day indeed when someone comes to us saying my goal is to gain weight Mm -hmm. so when does when, happen, but people just don't usually come to us. Oh, it definitely does happen. It's definitely there are yes. definitely people out there like you know, underweight is can be very unhealthy as well. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. But given what we specialize in, you know, that's you know, round peg, square hole, as the as the phrase goes. Yes. But with the with the max muscle program that we have for advanced clients, that we've used a few times sparingly before. Yes. The aim is. To indeed, to indeed trigger a, a small, controlled, structured surplus. Yes. Where okay, we're going to help you increase your your muscle mass, but keeping your body fat percentage the same. Yeah. So you're just going to look bigger and more muscular, but as a result of getting bigger and more muscular, you're still going to look leaner and in even better shape again. Um, our friend Chris. Yes. I, I put him on that. Yes, I remember. Um, and, yeah, works well. Yeah. But the thing is, when we talk about, you know, this bullshit around um, you know, facts and myths around body recomposition, this whole, like, I'm bulking, bro, I'm going to be honest a bit, I'm just call a spade a spade here. The vast majority of people that when I hear the phrase, like, oh, I'm in a bulk, it's an excuse just to eat shit and get fat. Yeah, I, if you, I, if I you, think if for you, most people. If you do it right... If you do it right, you will increase your muscle mass, but keep your body fat percentage the same. Yeah. And it, 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 when it works, it works tremendous. Yeah. Did it with Justin. Yeah. As well. I think. I think ultimately, in terms of answering this question, I think you did it fantastically in the first place, Matt. I think that it is a lot of noise. I think. There's always maybe exceptions to the rule because people always say, oh, but that's not the same for this person or whatever. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule. And sometimes those exceptions to the rule mean because they are doing something that is very um, sports-specific or Mm. um, 
body specific, mm. goal specific, that it can change. But so we're not talking about literally everyone, but for a general rule. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, I'll tell you what is a general rule. A general rule is that no matter how old you are, no matter your goals, working to maintain your current muscle should be a priority. Yeah. Because as we age, it will decline. It will decline. Naturally. It will naturally decline as part of the aging process. And then as it declines further and further, it triggers what we like to call accelerated aging. Mm. So I can I can state for the record that training and having having like an active lifestyle built around just maintaining what you've got should be a an urgent priority, let alone having more. Yes. That now to be fair, with with all of our clients and with us as well, we we work towards that utopia of both. Yes. Getting stronger, getting leaner. Like the, the structure the structure is such that if executed correctly, you look like you've done both. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the key is the ex- executing correctly because obviously there's factors that to take into consideration. If someone has a massive deficit, the chances that they're going to be able to maintain their muscle, let alone add more, are slim. So this is a it's a huge topic which you you could just get into all these different scenarios. But I think the way you summed it up, Matt, is is perfect. Honestly, with with me, and this is why again why Courtney has never heard this mm. said like this since 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 you and I have met because it's been a non factor. No. It's just not on the radar. So we'll go to the next one. I've never, to be honest with you, just in wrapping this up, I've never really stopped in myself and focused on, am I, like, I never really stop week to week and think, am I in in a deficit or am I building muscle? It's not really the thing that's front of my mind. To be fair, though, it's also because the the process that you've been taught and the habits you've been built make that a non-factor. That's that's my point, yes. So by focusing on the habit part and just doing what needs to be done, these things just happen without me really thinking about that much about them. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that a good thing? So Steve asks, what vitamins and supplements should I be taking regularly? What a loaded question. Yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I think if we talk in terms of supplementation, I, I don't think we've ever really touched on vitamins. I think... Well, the thing is, vitamins, it'll depend on potentially what is required. And what your deficit in, things like that. Are, are you being recommended... Deficient vi- in, I should say. <laughs> deficient. Well, the thing is, you talk about vitamins, like are you being recommended anything by your specialist or your doctors? Yeah, like- that, that one is a really hard one to, to touch on. So we've never really touched on it that much because I would say that that is very hard to talk about. It, it is very an independent style. Um, well, a, a general sort of thing is like a multivitamin Yeah, is usually going to be a good thing for you. But the thing is, it's hard. This is the thing, and this is why I was actually looking forward to this question. It is hard really hard to actually answer this accurately without knowing what someone's whole food habits are and what their exercise habits are. Mm. If you can start to say blank, a blank slate, what su- supplements and vitamins should I be taking regularly? Honestly, my first thought in response is none. Mm. Until we know what, what the habits are, the fundamental habits around you know, how do you train? Do you exercise? Do you train? How do you structure it? Mm. What are your eating habits like? Do you, do you meal prep your own foods? 
like supplements is a real easy one to go after because it's like, well, hang on. If you've got someone who is spending, let's say, $300 a month on supplements and also spending three to $400 a month on takeaway food, what are you doing? Mm. So generally, from a, from a coaching perspective, with, say with supplements, and to be fair, we're recommending, well, we, don't, we don't really recommend vitamins and that to, to clients because it's more like a lot of it will come through whole foods, but yeah. if there's certain medical conditions or certain, as you said, Courtney, deficiencies, like that's for people far smarter than us that have different qualifications than us to recommend. That's sort of negligent on our part to tell people you should take yeah. this and take this and take it, that. It's a bit hard to talk about that one, so we tend to leave that. And as you said, Matt, even with supplements, it is hard to give exact well, I'll tell you what, knowledge. We, but I think whey protein is probably a really good one to well, talk we, about. Well, we've got the golden triangle of supplements. Yeah. Whey protein, creatine, Glutamine, and that's not going to change anytime soon. No. But even then, like I'm not going to recommend a single supplement to anyone until you know what their whole food habits are, until you know that they're consistently meal prepping for themselves because otherwise they're just making their wee and their poo more valuable. Yeah, I think we've said it in the past or you've said it in the past, Matt, and I think it's a really good one to reiterate with this is that supplements are meant to be just that. They're meant to supplement and be added to a really good balanced um, diet, diet, really. However, yeah, but However, they're not supposed to replace food. No, they're not. But in the in the in the interest of, of answering the question, as I think it's been intended to be asked, we I guess look at okay, what do we recommend to clients when the time comes when it's like okay, we can now introduce strategic supplement usage. The supplement industry is shady as fuck. Yeah. Like I just would just like to make this general statement. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Supplement industry, dodgy AF. Okay. I just said about a couple of minutes ago, there is a golden triangle of supplements. Yes. And is. by triangle, I mean three. Yes. Right? The protein, protein powder. Yeah. Now, I say whey protein. There are some damn good plant-based proteins out there now that will give you the full amino acid profile. So I'm not just saying like, hey, don't come at me on this. Yes. There are some damn good plant-based proteins. You know how I know? Because my wife takes it. I do. So anyway, quality protein powder, we'll say. Yes. Creatine and glutamine. They're your three. If, if you're going to start somewhere, you usually start with a combination of those three. But they they shouldn't, They sh- for most people, they shouldn't come soon. Mm. Like there's... There's one, uh, here's an example. I'll use myself as an example. The first supplement I ever took in my life was creatine and that was after I lost all my weight. Mm. I lost it all through Whole Foods. Now, I'm not saying everyone should do the same thing I did, but what I'm saying is you can do it without it. Yeah. You know? And we've got clients where they might go 12 months with us. Their first 12 months with us and not touch some of those ones I just mentioned. Yeah. When the time's right, you play that card. Yes. But when that time is right, those are the three I start with and they're the three I recommend clients starting with when that time comes as well because those are the three that I would consider to be essential supplements if we are going to introduce a supplement program to someone. Outside of that, everything else, honestly, is negotiable. 
Those are the or, three that or, we or have avoidable. In our well, those are the three that we have in our cupboard right now. Thank you very I'm just much. Just thinking about what we've got in our cupboard right now, which is those. We have a little bit of pre-workout because mm-hmm. Matt does like sometimes to have his pre-workout powder. Yep. I don't have that. I prefer a shot of coffee if I yep. want something pre-workout wise. I'm just trying to think what else we have. I think we've got some greens powder in there. We don't have that regularly, but if we're traveling, we'll often take that with us just mm-hmm. to make sure food is different, especially if you're traveling overseas. We've always taken greens oh, we've powder got, with um, us. We've got Gatorade. Oh, yes, Gatorade. But the thing, Thank is, you. the thing is, Gatorade, for example, I still even wouldn't say that's an essential supplement because the thing is with Gatorade, like it's a fast-acting carbohydrate source. If you wanted to, and I've done this, you could just eat a banana. Banana, yeah. Or sometimes when I've had like my protein shake before a workout, I've actually put oats in there. And yeah. I, yes, I know I have some weird combinations. Yes, I have drank. I've heard uh, that before. Drank my oats with chocolate protein. It's delicious. I've, no, I've heard that before. Some people even blend that, so it blends up the oats also, a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this is why I don't say like I think Gatorade's fantastic. It's a great sports and training supplement. I don't think it's essential because I can get a, get the same sort of fast-acting carbs elsewhere. Yeah. That's why I've got the, the protein, the creatine, the glutamine as your, your golden triangle because, like with say, glutamine, for example, or creatine, like to get, to get what you get from a teaspoon of that in, say, red meat, like you've got to go through a couple of kilos worth of steak. Yeah. Yep. You know, where with, with the, the, the Gatorade, I could just go and eat a banana. Um, I think they're the main ones and in the past, just from a personal example, I've had my vitamin levels and certain things tested and so I will often take zinc supplement, yep. um, a vitamin C supplement, especially through winter. I do like, actually, I'll tell you, vitamin C, I rate highly, as yep. you know, given that I do I do take them as well, actually, Courtney. Uh, good immune booster. Yep. And I... T- also take a multivitamin. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's just, yeah. So it's quite simple what we take. We're not taking a bunch of different things. They're just... The, for me, the logic with supplements is I want to be able oh, to take sorry, as Sorry, I do possible. take a vitamin D also, especially through winter. We yep. take a vitamin D because yep. we live in a state, in a country that um, has... Quite. This part of the country, especially yes, in winter, is yes. uh, minimal sunlight. Minimal, minimal sun. So I definitely take a vitamin D supplement, especially through winter. Yep. Cool. All right. Now we're on to a big one. Melissa asks, what do you guys think about Ozempic for weight loss? I just love the name Ozempic. What, it's so funny. What indeed do you think about Ozempic for weight loss? Do you think anything, Courtney? I don't think you'd even heard of it. How do you, Matt? Uh, I I had to look it up. I have heard of it. I'm pretty sure it became uh, I, popular because I heard came... of it. I heard of it before this question, but not long before this question. I think I think I'd heard of it recently because I think I saw some sort of news thing about how I think the Kardashians they were saying were oh taking it or God. something, and then everyone started wanting to take it. <laughs> I think it kicked <laughs> off on social media. People were posting the fact that they were taking it. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, that this is actually a diabetes drug. It is indeed and a diabetes drug. Then yes. I think I started to see some news articles talking about how they were worried that people who are actually need this drug because they're diabetic yeah. won't be able to get it yeah. because it's uh, out of stock everywhere because people are taking it now as a weight loss drug. So the thing is, 
where I've been in my life, like this this drug is made for the younger version of me. Yeah. <laughs> An overweight type two diabetic. Like this yes. is right up my alley. Yes. So I went I went and looked this up and it's like, okay, give me give me the detail on this. And I'm currently on the Ozempic website. Yeah. So we talk about what do, what do you guys think about Ozempic for weight loss? Well, we'll start by just prefacing if, if you listening haven't heard of this, it's actually a drug to assist adults with type two diabetes. Uh, and it can work. It works through you know controlling controlling insulin release when we eat, and it's been discovered that oh, it can actually have benefits for weight loss because it works as a appetite wait for it suppressant. appetite suppressant. Yes. So for a lot of people, they think oh, I can eat the same shit I always eat, just less of it. Yeah. So okay, what do we what before I get in on my soapbox here? Like, what do you what are your thoughts here, Courtney, about the latest weight loss drug. I I actually the latest thing. I was shocked when I actually did see this. Um, I think this would not be. Someone else asked me about this recently, actually, and I said the same thing to them. It doesn't surprise me. I think there's always been a time in Hollywood that they've always looked for things like this. There's always been times that they've pe- people in have sought this stuff out in Hollywood. Mm. This would not be the first or the last time and it gets into the mainstream news and they run with it and then people, especially these days with social media, it, it, it's pushed really hard. I would just say before you – just on top of everything else, I think you'll, you'll cover a lot of this, Matt. So I'll just say the one thing, I just – it's so dangerous to take a pharmaceutical drug – just it's not when it's not been like you don't even know really what you're taking and why you're taking it it's just so dangerous to push pharmaceutical drugs in the through the media and through social media and then people get a hold of them and things can go really wrong when you're taking drugs like this and they can be abused really easily and I just think it's so dangerous just from that side of things alone well, I know that if this was around when I was younger, I'd have been put on this. Yes. Uh, I was uh, put on metformin. Yes. To help. And so the same the same recommendations that came with metformin also come with Ozempic. So, you know, Ozempic can help and metformin helped as well with, you know, insulin insulin control, lowering your, your blood sugar levels or what now these days the – the standard measurement is usually the uh, the A1C, so helps to helps to lower that. Uh, but they also recommend with Ozempic the same thing they recommended to me with metformin works well in conjunction with modified lifestyles, aka exercise and improved eating habits. Funny how that works. So the thing is for me, I know for me, my goal at the time was I don't want to have to have medicines or medications and use them as a crutch. Now, there are people out there that may need this permanently, and I fully support that. You know, For me personally, I would like to be on as little stuff as possible. And here's why. So I'm on the Ozempic website. And I'm looking at the part that says important safety information. 
Ozempic may cause serious side effects, including possible thyroid tumors, including cancer. Tell your healthcare provider if you get a lump or swelling in your neck, hoarseness, trouble swallowing, or shortness of breath. These may be symptoms of thyroid cancer. So we talk about this being used as a here's the question here. It's being a weight used loss for, drug. used for it's weight not loss. Being, it's not it's it's very different conversation, this being used as a type two diabetic drug. But we're talking about taking that away. We're just talking well, about people well, using this. For well, I'll start by saying, I know for me as a, as a type 2 diabetic, if I was prescribed this stuff, my aim would be to get off this stuff as soon as I can because, one, I don't want to be paying for expensive fucking medication for the rest of my life. Yeah. Two, I don't want to be in that system where I'm just, I'm just taking shit. Yeah. Day after day, week after week for the rest of my life. I just don't want to be part of that. Yeah. You know? So the recommendation is... This can help with weight loss in conjunction with modified lifestyles. Okay, cool. So first question is, if you're if you're taking something like this and, oh, hey, I'm losing a couple of kilos this week, okay, what's going to happen when you stop taking it? Yeah. And you go back to eating the same shit. Yeah. And doing the same shit you were doing previously. So when the recommendation is, you know, works well in conjunction with modified lifestyles, what if you modified the lifestyle without the medication? Yeah. And this is why I love the fact of the person who asked this question is one of our absolute best clients who has just completed her 12 months with us and the transformation she's achieved in 12 months. It, it is, you could not have a better person to ask this question because she's done this without none of this bullshit. Yeah. You know? But this is the first thing I think about is, well, if you've got terrible habits and you're looking for this as a silver bullet – and you're not addressing those habits, what happens when you stop taking the medication? Yeah. It's no different to insert diet here. You know, someone might say, oh, well, in the past, I had some success on this diet. It's like, okay, but you're still overweight. You're still back to where you were. So how much success did you actually have? Yeah. Because how much of your behavior did you modify? Yeah. So I think for some people, like I'm not going to sit here and just go, just shit all over this because I think for some people and having been one of those people myself things like this could be really helpful because my I know for me my blood sugar levels when I was younger were so out of control I was in hospital for them yeah I was hospitalized I think that's a whole different so conversation though we're getting there though so these types of medications as a, a really quick intervention for the right types of people what they were designed for yeah god damn they could be helpful because I, 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 saw, I saw my blood sugar levels drop with the medication that I was on, but the aim wasn't to stay on it, no. was it? And, they, and, and to be fair, even back then, the doctors and specialists recommended to me like, hey, buddy, you've still got to go out and move your body and exercise and look at what you're putting into your body because medication is not going to cover up and the drugs aren't going to cover up for your terrible habits. They're going to follow you. Yeah, They're going to follow you for as long as you're on a drug like this and they're especially going to follow you once you stop taking it. Yeah. And you, this is where I, I'm so skeptical whenever someone says, oh, I did this thing for a short-term period of time and I had great success with it. Okay, short-term period of time. How do you define success? I define success as not needing to use this stuff and being able to sustain what you've done over a long-term period of time. Mm. And it just goes back to behavior and habits, doesn't it? If your habits are terrible... 
taken stuff like this and you don't work on them, they're going to be terrible once you stop. I agree. And I think for those people who look at this sort of stuff as a quick fix for them who don't have type 2 diabetes, they just look at this and they see it as the new cool What's the new thing? It's a new shiny it's a new shiny object. Like how long is the list I of think, shiny objects? I think in that situation it's it's really disappointing that the media even allowed to discuss this as a potential option. I think it's really, really I would be so concerned if someone came to me and they said, I'm taking this to lose weight, they do not have type two diabetes and they are not sick in any way and they do not need help for this, they just want to lose a few extra kilos really quickly and easily. That is very concerning for me. Well, you know, when when people come to us, we one of the questions we ask with our application form is, what other things have you tried in the past? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, what things have you tried, personal trainers you've had, diets that you've done, programs that you've been on? The way I look at it, all this is going to be is another thing to add to the list. Yeah. When we get people that come to us and they fill, fill their application out and we ask them what they've done in the past and they'll say, oh, well, I've done intermittent fasting, I've done calorie canning, I've done weight watches, I've done the cookie cookie diet, I've done keto, I've done the soup diet. I've done Ozempic. We'll be on the list eventually. It's coming. Yeah. The clock is ticking on when someone comes to us and they say, yeah, the most recent thing I tried was Ozempic and then when I got off it, it all came back on it all came back on why because you never modified your shitty habits so and let's just hope you didn't get sick while you're taking it well i mean i i i know for me we talk about you know potential side effects of medications and of course they need to state these things no matter how how rare they may be i know i'm not going to get as a side effect possible tumors and cancers from fucking vegetables no. And fruits and lean meats. Wrapping up this question, can I just ask the question? Ozempic sounds so familiar, though, and I can't put my finger on why. Is this your way of saying you've taken it without? No, I want to know, like, if it, if you think as well, like, was it in like a movie or like, was it the name of something in like a movie or like a TV show or like Ozempic? I don't know. It just it sounds so familiar to me and I cannot place it. Do I have a blank look on my face right now? Yes. Because yeah, I've got no fucking idea what you're talking about. Anyway, I'm just putting it out there. Let's right. uh, let's move on to the next question. Christy asks, is more reps and less weight or more weight and less reps better? Great question. Great question. Do you have thoughts on this? Because I have an initial thought. Oh, you're desperate to say it, so just I'm not, go first. I'm not, I'm not desperate. My initial thought, the answer to this question, which one is better? Both. Yeah. They, I was going to say they both, I, I've used both, so they both definitely have a place. We continue to use both, as a matter of fact. So we say which, which is better, more weight, less reps, or more reps, less weight. There's, there's room for both, and there should be room for both. And with the, the programs that we do ourselves and that we give to our clients, there is both. Yeah. Because there are pros and cons to both. Right, the thing is, let's look at more reps and less weight. Mm-hmm. Okay, pros of that: great learning tool for newbies in the gym to develop um, their movement patterns, yep. coordination, sort of like mind muscle connection. Yep. 
Low risk of injury. Yes. Low risk of injury. Pros of more weight and less reps is you stimulate larger muscle fibers and larger, you know, you stimulate more amounts of muscle and you get stronger faster because you're asking your body to adapt to heavier loads. Risks of more weight and less reps is injury. Yes. You can't take much of it. So it's, I'm not going to sit here and say one's better than the other. There's room for both. Because I know, like use my, my training program, the first four weeks of my training program is more reps and less weight. But the last four weeks is more weight and less reps. Mm. Both. Generally, more reps and less weight works really, really well for beginners. And actually, I think if a trainer or a coach starts their client on more weight and less reps and they're an inexperienced client, that trainer is a bloody fool. Yeah. More reps and less weight, as I said, less chance of injury and a great chance to develop confidence. Yes. Coordination, just the skill of the movement. Yes. So I'm happy to say the answer to the question is both. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? I think you summed Wifey? it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll go on? Yes. Stephen. I just started listening to your podcast. So far, I love it. Well, listen long enough, you'll end up hating it. (laughs) It sends the right message. And we're all prepped to begin a new way of living. Well, thank you. Wonderful feedback. My question is, I'm a very picky eater. I don't like a lot of foods, especially vegetables. Is it okay for me to just eat the same healthy foods I do like such as broccoli, asparagus, green beans, etc. Or do I have to start eating foods that I hate to reach my goals? Courtney, do you have to eat foods you hate to lose weight? No. Thank you. No, you definitely don't have to eat foods that you hate. If we if we if we were to answer this question by saying yes, stop listening to us immediately. I think I think there's two parts that just spring to mind initially on this is yes, the first question is no, you do not have to eat foods that you hate to reach your goals. In fact, I would say you probably shouldn't do that. The whole idea of sustainable eat, eat, and a sustainable <laughs> healthy eating lifestyle is the fact that you can sustain it. And if you are forced to eat foods that you hate, you cannot sustain that. So that would be the easiest way to answer that. I think the second thing I will just say, though, is once you are getting into changing up your eating habits – as I did, there were definitely foods that I would have originally, 10 years ago, I would have had on my hate list that I now don't have on my hate list. Absolutely. So I will just point out with this though, keep try to keep an open mind when you are cooking new recipes, when you are trying out new things, and then just reevaluate that hate list because you do just want to make sure that it wasn't something that you hated long ago or is because maybe you cooked it once and you didn't like it, but if you cook it, in a slow cooker or if you cook it in a different way with a lot of flavor, you may not hate it as much. So I will just say in my time looking at especially things like vegetables, my hate list has definitely evolved. Mm. So um, definitely don't force yourself to eat food that you hate. No, don't do that. But always keep an open mind when you're trying new things to make sure that you you have tried them maybe in a couple of different ways and if you really still don't like them, Yes, don't force yourself to have them, but try to keep an open mind um, with and don't close a lot of things off before you've maybe tried them again. It will definitely be. I, I 
couldn't say it any better. I would just add that just be prepared for your taste buds to change. That's a good point too. My taste buds definitely changed over time. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the sugar that I took out of my my diet. So processed foods, mm. taking all of that out, it definitely changed my taste buds. Yeah. And I was able to really taste food in, in a different way. Yeah. So I'm the exact same. Like I know for me when I was younger, like broccoli, asparagus and green beans, like get them away from me now, like come at me. Yeah, absolutely. I was the same as well. Yeah. So I think even if you don't, experiment too much now maybe stick with some of the really fresh foods uh fruits and vegetables that you love but don't be afraid to even in six months time just reevaluate some of the ones like give your taste buds a chance to change and evolve with your new healthy eating and um and don't be afraid to retry some of those things you're right the 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 rule of sustainability like trumps literally everything if if anyone like if the, if the recommendation is yes, yeah, sorry, suck it up, princess. You got to have the shit you don't like to get where you want to go. Even if you were to somehow grind that out, good luck sustaining that long term. Like that's not that to me. That sucks the joy out of what you're doing. And it's a recommendation we have for everyone, let alone just you know our clients, especially as well. Let's let's start by making healthy choices that align with our goals that we are excited to eat. Yes. So, no, please definitely stick to eating the same healthy foods because that's a great base to start with. Mm-hmm. And then the longer you sustain what you're doing, as Courtney really well illustrated, probably going to find things going to change. And that, and that, and you call it Courtney the hate list, it definitely will, definitely will change over time. It's, it, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. So, yeah, no, stick, stick, stick with what works. And you learn different ways of cooking things and, like, mm. um, and, and just different differences in food. Like I particularly love carrots. I don't particularly love the taste of cooked carrot. I feel like the difference in flavour of carrot between raw and cooked carrot is is very wide to me mm-hmm. and I don't particularly like the taste of cooked carrot on its own. Yep. But I will literally cook carrot in pretty much every stir fry or slow cooker or just anything that I cook as a big bunch of vegetables. So it, it's all very different and that's, why, that's what I mean by trying to keep a bit of an open mind. Especially the... The taste of, of vegetables and whatnot will also change based on what else they're mixed with. Yeah. It's easy to hide and yeah. sneak in different tastes and flavors that you may on their own. Like I personally think broccoli by itself does nothing for me. No. But mixed in with a whole medley of other vegetables or fruits and berries and whatnot, fantastic. Especially the, the raw broccoli, a nice crunch yeah. in a salad. So I, I think um yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else nah. we can say on that one. We nailed it, yes, yeah. as you would say. All right, last one before we wrap up the show and the season. Yeah. <clears throat> Jess asks, how do you stay focused when life gets busy? What are your thoughts, wife? <laughs> it's a very good it's – it's a topical question because life is very busy for us as well at the moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we have several things on the go. Um <laughs> We have a lot <laughs> happening from, you know... We're doing stuff. We're doing a lot. We're doing stuff. We're doing a lot professionally. We've got a lot of things happening around um, family and personal life as well. So we are also extremely busy lives at the moment. We have extremely busy lives. So I think it's very good to answer this question right now because how are we How are we staying focused? Well, how, how, you, how do you do it? Yeah. How do you do it yourself? So for me right now, it's definitely a challenge. I'm not going to say... 
that it's easy mm. by any means. Mm. You definitely have to really prioritise certain things. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me i found at the moment, which is planning for me is a massive one, making sure that my week's planned out, making sure that I know what I'm doing on each day, so thinking ahead. I think the other thing for me is, and that comes in terms of exercise and food prep, yep. is just really making sure that I'm focusing on those things because it's one less thing during my hectic days that I have to think about. So on a Monday or a Sunday night, I'll figure out, okay, what days this week am I hitting the gym? What days am I not hitting the gym? What days then am I going to do my food prep? So I'll do it Sunday, but then we usually do two a week, so then I'll have to fit fit in another food prep. Which day am I going to do that? Am I going to do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Which day is going to be most convenient in terms of what I've got on? So at the moment it's sort of – um, Sundays and Wednesdays, which kind of worked out great in terms of like a split of the week, just happened to be like that. Um, so those are the sort of things for me, I think planning and knowing your week and when you're going to do those sort of things and just setting them in as almost part of my job for the week. So they're just sort of set. It's not like a maybe Wednesday, I'll do another food prep. It's what I almost look at it as like an extension of my job on a Wednesday is to do the food, do the second food prep. So that's what helps me sort of set that in. I think staying focused, planning, as I said, planning is number one for me. I love to have a plan. If I don't have a plan, I don't feel focused on what I'm doing. Well, having a plan also just helps you be clear on, okay, I'm just getting this done. Yeah. And that's it. And I think for me, the other thing that really helps to keep me focused is just making sure that I'm always reminding myself or having conversations with Matt about why we're doing this. So not like really just being in touch with the why generally. So for us, why are we doing all of this um, personally? Why are we doing all of this professionally? Why are we doing this for ourselves? Like what are we working towards? Making sure that we're really clear for me on what my goals are, I think is another way that I personally stay focused. What do you think, Matt? I won't. I think the the episode that we did this season about time management is worth having a listen to, so I won't step too much on that. I completely agree with having a plan. Having a plan is the first thing to help stay focused. Okay, this is what I'm doing. But also when having that plan – is just being clear and honest and concise with, okay, what are the absolute non-negotiables I have to hit? And also accepting the fact that when life gets busy and like, you know, that I use the phrase when the shit hits the fan and like life is at its most chaotic, accepting the fact that it's okay to have days or weeks where all you get done is the bare effective minimum. Yeah, for sure. Because to me, and I said this to you a couple of days ago, Courtney, sometimes just staying the course and holding firm is a, is a win yeah. because you're not going backwards. You may not be going forwards, but you're not going backwards. You're maintaining. Yeah. And sometimes we'll have those. We'll have those days or those weeks where it's like, you know what? I'm just getting the bare minimum done. Yeah. The stuff that where if I don't get this done, everything will fall apart. Yeah. So I'm getting it done. But I'm not going to push myself to try and exceed that. It's just now may not be the time. 
Does that make sense? I think it does. I think you bring up another good point in terms of, for me, um, staying focused is having you. So having like a really good support network or support person with you who you can go to. Because you're right, Matt, we did have that conversation last week because I had a bit of a meltdown. Um, Indeed. And we were able to have a really good chat about it. So I think it's also allowing yourself sometimes to be able to have that meltdown and to be able to just talk it through with your support system that you've got in place Mm. and getting it all off your chest. Sometimes you just need to vent it out and for somebody to tell you it's okay and what you're doing is great and you're, you're, you know, just keep at it or something like that. That's what's um, really helped for me. Not every day or not every week is going to be or has to be an uber productive, I'm dominating life week. Sometimes the wins will come just by having a week where you don't lose your shit and you get done what needs to get done. And even I'll have it where there's, there's some days I'll have where it's just like, holy shit, like I could not be more productive today. Yeah. And other times where it's just like, you know what, I've got the bare minimum done, so things are still ticking over as they need to, but it's okay. I haven't gone above and beyond that today, and that's okay. That's all right. I think as well what, what we've tried to do lately as well is to make an effort to do one thing, just one thing in the week that we want to do rather than that we need to do. Mm, good point. And I think most days, as you said, Matt, like – it's just getting through the bare minimum of what you need to do. Like yeah. this is what has to be done today. Like yesterday I was out of the house from quarter past seven to quarter to nine at night. Big day. And that was just had to be done. There was just things that day that had to be done. There yep. was work that had to be done and that's just what it was. Mm. So there was no chance that I could look back at yesterday and be like, oh, there was just – this thing I just didn't have to do, but I just really wanted to do it. Mm. That wasn't what that day was. And I think that was really good coming out of our chat last week, Matt, that you mentioned where there was just sometimes just getting by and doing what has to be done is progress. Absolutely. And I think reframing that for me has made it a lot easier, but we've still made the conscious effort, Matt and I, to make sure that there's one thing, there's one, just one thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just one thing that we're going to do every week that's because we want to do it, not because we have to do it. Mm. And that also, for me, keeps me focused during the week because it's also not – it's not that I'm oh, looking forward to that one thing all week, but it's in the back of my mind that I know that there's something that's going to be really fun that I'm going to do or that I'm really happy to do this week. Well, you can't just all be about about work and productivity all the time. No. I, sometimes it, it, it can just have moments where you, I, I'm present, I'm enjoying it. Like sometimes – like hey – there is a lot of fun to be had in doing fuck all. Yeah, sometimes it literally could be whatever you want, though. And and if that mm. if that's something that helps to keep you focused, it does for me. Could be as simple as a sleep in. It helps to keep me focused because literally our thing that we're doing is we're doing dinner. We're doing dinner tonight. Yeah, we are. So we're going out for dinner, which I'm really looking forward to. Do we have to go out for dinner? No. Well, it's something that we're choosing to do. The place that we're going to, we're also looking forward to because we know that they kick ass. <laughs> we it's something that. We want to do, and it's something that I'm really looking forward to doing. So that's what helps keep me focused too, because I know I've got things that, if I can have like the most hectic week or whatever, I know that there's something that I'm looking forward. It's to. It's almost like a carrot, though, isn't it? It is for me, yeah. I, and I think that it does help 
it really does help keep me focused because yeah. I'm not sitting there wallowing in, oh, all of this is happening and I feel like I'm not achieving anything or I feel like I'm I'm just having these days where, I, as you said, Matt, I'm just getting the bare minimum done and it doesn't always feel great. Like if you – like me, I'm, I'm naturally someone who really likes outcomes. I really like to succeed. I really like things to be moving forward and I really like to achieve goals. So I think we all do. When I, when you, I have days – at the moment where things are very slow and I am just literally getting what has to be done and that's it and it doesn't feel like progress right now. It will. Well, to be fair though, slow progress is still progress. Yeah. So I think those definitely, that is also something that helps really keep me focused. It keeps my mind pushing because I know I've got something to, to aim for. Well, I can't do better than that, so thank you. Let's wrap it up. Let's hope that's been helpful. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We thank, always yeah. love these episodes. Thank you, thank you for your questions. And yeah, it keeps us on our toes, doesn't it? It does. It does. So that's a wrap for that's, season nine. That's the end for season nine. So hopefully you've got a lot out of this season. I would like to think you have, otherwise you wouldn't be hearing us say this right now. Yeah. So thank you for coming along with us. We will be back. You can't get rid of us that easily. No. Like a bad smell, we'll return. Yes. So we'll have season 10 Yes. for later in the year, towards the back end of the year. So look forward to that. In the meantime, I would recommend coming and hanging out with us in our awesome Facebook group. Yes. Which is over at Facebook, believe it or not. Just uh, there'll be a link to the group in your podcast app if you look into the episode or the, the, the show description. Or just go to Facebook and search the Weight Loss Podcast. It's it's just us. So come hang out with Courtney and me and other fans of the show, other like-minded people like you and us. We're done. Let's get out of here, Courtney. Season 9 is over. It's a wrap. We'll be back for Season 10. Thank you again. Bye for now. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com.